You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hi, Roger. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, just got home. Picked up the twins. They uh, passed out over there on the couch. Oh, it's How a good old day. are your twins? They're eight years old. A oh, boy girl. lovely! Yeah. A boy and a girl. So two for the price of one, and one of each. And done. Everything. So done. Everything. <laughs> so, yeah, Lucky. It's, it's a joy, and and the better thing is. Uh, they're in the same class, so it's the same set of homework assignments with everything. Yeah, know? no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I wanted twins myself. My husband and I just had our first, and she's three months old, and Ooh. we wanted, yeah. So we're, we're in that love a honeymoon phase, right? Everything yeah. is just fresh and so nice to have her here. Yeah, is it boy or girl? Oh, girl. Is she she's starting to sleep through the night or anything? Oh, she was sleeping through the night uh, at five, six weeks. I've been sleep training oh. this girl for. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. So you guys are blessed, man. We oh, were yeah. we were getting up, uh, but I mean, because they were twins, they were born a little light. So I think we even had to wake them up to make sure that they were eating to get them at that five pounds, and then uh, and then I think at, at about six months they they slept through the night, and then at nine months. It was chaos because the doctors were saying, you know, brain development sometimes. Oh, yeah. It, it, uh, yeah, those growth spurts, they're so, real. Those yeah. growth spurts are real, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we sleep trained her early on. We read the book Baby Wise and we found out for every week old that she is, she could sleep through the night. So as soon as she hit five, mm-hmm. four, five weeks, we we're like, okay, so we can go beyond this three hour nap thing two-hour mm-hmm. nap thing and she's been adapting very well to the training and now she's giving us um eight to ten hours a night i would put her down oh. at 8 30 i know i make a lot of parents I'm jealous so, i do i'm I so do. jealous i'm so jealous oh god <laughs> we, we, we put her down and, I, and I, i'm grateful i want to keep it that way i speak um very i speak about it because I, i'm just so thrilled that it's happening but yeah. we'll put her down for eight thirty, and then she'll. We'll, I sometimes have to wake her up at five thirty, six o'clock because I'm like, I gotta go work out. So if I'm gonna feed you, I need you to eat. <laughs> if, yep. I'm gonna be gone for two hours, but yeah, it's such a joy, such a joy. Um, lucky for you, you get everything in the same same classroom, same drop off. That's why we wanted twins. We wanted two. Be done with it. <laughs> be done and be good because I like I mentioned my my friend has. I want to say an 11 year old and an eight year old and homework is a mess. You know, it's, until they get to the point where they're independent, when they get homework, you get homework, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, now I was messing with him. He was, he was complaining. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm over here. And I took a picture of them. They're both doing the same thing. So, you know, if I explain it to one, if I explain it to one, I'm explaining it to the other, you know, yeah. and, and, and there. So. Yeah, no, you're, no, you're lucky. Did you have? Do you have twins in your family? Did it run in your family? They do, but they were uh, since they were paternal. It was my wife dropped two eggs, but I think she has twins in her family as well. Okay, so yeah. It was like we we lucked out. It wasn't triplets or quadruplets, you know, anything yeah, yeah. that we, we wouldn't be able to handle. So, you know, it's it, and at the end of the day, five, six, ten fingers, ten toes. It's a blessing. It's and a, it still is crazy, though, right? Um, blessing, yes, but crazy dealing with the, the two babies. Tell me how that well, experience. Well, uh, up until, I want to say, until they got out of car seats. You know, the car seat life, extremely difficult, you know, because okay. you're just doing so much. But the time when they were, when they couldn't crawl or they couldn't go anywhere was easier. And then when they were able to be independent in terms of walking, you know, I went to the mall with them by myself one time, and they, I think they have it planned. They just go in separate directions. <laughs> but, um, but, of course, I mean, it's a challenge, but, like, we see on, like, anytime we watch a movie, we don't watch a movie to sit down in comfort. You know, you, you gain your greatest achievements over, you know, the things that challenge you the most. So it is a challenge, but it's rewarding in the same right. And then you're now you're the, for all your life, you've always heard, oh, my gosh, you've grown. Oh, my gosh, you've grown. And now even... You know, with kids I see every day, I'm like, I turn my head and I'm like, 
when did your feet get this big? You know, hold on, when did you learn that word? Or, you know, it's that now they're developing speech and be able to be, you know, have their independent thought. And it's fun. It's yeah. a blessing. It's a blessing. Yeah, you're already dropping gems. And I have to quickly let everyone know who I'm talking to. It's the men of the hour, <laughs> Roger Pollard. And he's, he's you're right. You have been... Um, around kids um, all your life, 15 years and counting, right? So you've been a coach and a high school coach. You have been a high school teacher um, for 15 years. And then you coach football for 13 of those years, right? And then um, you have been a head coach. So you know about that, that growth and you're dropping the gem. And I love what you just said about, you know, you know, you grow when you go through that difficult that pressing time you know the diamond is developed when there's tons of pressure that's what a diamond is right it did well under pressure and <laughs> so i want to welcome you on the show thank you for taking the time to join us so um let's let's talk about that right let's on that topic of like a diamond does well under pressure let's talk about that the difficulty and how when you come out of that you are stronger and tougher and better well, it it is the i think it's the lesson that we all know because that anybody that i see that's walking you know, I think in this stage in our life, we like to think and focus in on when we fell. But when we were learning how to walk at that stage, we didn't care about how many times we fell. We were only concerned with our goal. We were only concerned with the thing that we were trying to do. So, you know, I think um, I think in our era of, uh, you know, and everybody has Instagram or Twitter or TikTok. When you take a picture and you don't like it, you delete it. Uh, we're constantly scrolling through the finished product. And I don't know if we really spend enough time on the process because the process is what makes you great. Um, Man. Uh, it, it's, it's, that's just the way it is. If you look at anything that you have done in your life, because every single thing that you have done, you have learned. Everything that you have done, no one has ever just walked and did it on the first step. You never picked up a clarinet and played it perfect on the first step. Like failure is not failure only, no matter what you do, because if you yeah. fail, you either learn that it's not for you because everything that you want might not be for you. And yep. then two, you learn a different method in how to get what exactly you're searching for. So embrace that. And then we know from uh, brain activity, frustration, the feeling of frustration actually marks that spot for us when we go to sleep so that your, your brain could try and figure it out, that right hemisphere and that left hemisphere and speak to each other. So, you know, you don't go through things, you grow through things. And, and that's both from a physical level to a uh, emotional or, or mental level, you know. So, but, hey, you know, let's get out of our feelings and get into the fact that we know what we know because you're walking. So, you know, get down. Learn to fail times. forward. Learn to fail yeah. forward. Right? Fall, fall eight, fall seven. What do you say? Fall, fall wake seven. up eight. I think um, Denzel Washington. Yeah, fall eight. Yeah, fall eight or wake up nine. Get up. <laughs> you know, yeah. go. <laughs> Point is get your uh, get your get your you know what up get up get out yeah. you know yeah yeah and there is no feeling sorry for yourself because we are all and I, I you know spoiler alert we're all going to die one day so we all have an hourglass right now and it's ticking down everybody every single person that is in the earth right now would switch prices with you in a heartbeat no matter what you're going so I call this the absolute value mentality. No matter how bad it is, you know, as a rational being, there's an attitude on the other side that's just as powerful, but positive. Now, it sucks getting to that part, to that negative side. But if you take a step back and you make your decisions based off of both, you now have, have your aim, right? We, I think the, the greatest sin of our time, which sin uh, is, is the word, it's a Greek word. Used, uh, it was originally said, amartia, which means to miss the mark. And what I tell people, it was an archery term, uh, you know, the positive side of my bow and the negative side of my bow makes a longer bow string. And now I can aim. So, you know, it's not positive or negative. It's positive and negative. And now you make your aim and now you shoot. And, you know, are you going to miss? You know, maybe, you know, are you going to hit it? You know, maybe mm -hmm. the one thing that we have to continually grow do is is go move forward with the best, you know, that you have in mind. Yeah, I, I'm curious, like you're dropping so much jam right now. I can listen to you speak all day because it's just motivation because coming out of you, it's, it's seeping poor out of your pores. Um, I'm, in, I'm in teacher mode. I'm in teacher mode. <laughs> I'm in teacher mode. I can hear it. I want to talk about your book series, your motivational book series that's coming up. Um, but tell me, 
now you know you your your eight year old you have a boy and a girl right now, and we know that the subconscious mind develops very early. So for the first seven years that you have them, what you instill in them is going to carry them for life. And as a motivational speaker, I want to know what are you speaking into their life? What do you, what, how do you motivate them? How do you inspire them? Because I want to learn what's, when do I do affirmations with my daughter? You know, like when, do, when does that happen? Yeah, um, I do it through, I, one, like you said, affirmations. My favorite one is that if we were a superhuman, Right. If we were Batman or Spider-Man, what exactly would our superpower be as human beings? And I felt you know, I, I have them when I wake them up first thing in the morning. What's your superpower? And it's the ability to focus. Right. If we cannot focus on anything, then we can do nothing. And that's our that's our one. That's our big one. And then two. Are you saying to you're telling them to focus like when you when they wake up, you're bringing to their attention the need to focus and concentrate. Well, I'm asking, no, I'm telling them that, hey, I'm telling, I'm asking them, what is your superpower as a person? So I'm ingraining the concept that it's our ability to focus that's our superpower as individuals ah. so that they just know that. And then two, even before they knew what they were saying, I said, who's the most important person, who you are or who you become? And it's who you become. That, that ties into what we were talking about with failing. Failing yeah. doesn't matter because failing is on the way to who I become. That's I can right. always be a little bit more. I can always be a little bigger, stronger, wiser, faster, uh, more compassionate. I can always, you know, evolve myself into something greater. And then uh, uh, forward, I tell them, you know, good, you know, the concept of good has always been here on this earth. It's been here before us. It's been here with us and it's been here after us. So a lot of people might tell you, oh, you're so good. No, you have to you're confusing that. You're aligning yourself with the actions of what is good. It is a continual thing. It's just like motivation. When no one stays motivation, no one stays motivated. Everybody has to return back to the motivated state. And, you know, for my students who are in high school, which I like as a history teacher, yeah, I, I, I'm going to give them conversations about life and what they should do and how they are thinking. I'm always going to tie in our lesson with that is. Oh my gosh, coach, I'm so motivated. I, I, man, I, I wish I could take you with me. No, because if you do not learn how to motivate yourself, the only person that you will always ever be with is you. But mm -hmm. uh, and that's, this ties into my first book. The number one thing that we have as individuals is we need to learn who we are. Mm -hmm. who, who are we? Who are you? No matter what job you take, you are always going to work with somebody else. What do you know about people? Are there different things from a personality perspective? And there are different things from a sociological perspective. And now that you see that and you can ingrain that, you can put that on you, right? Am I, am I introverted? Am I extroverted? Am I agreeable? Am I disagreeable? So that now I know what I can do. Like if I put, if you want to go to McDonald's right now, you don't know where McDonald's is. You put McDonald's into your GPS. It's giving you two things. It's giving you where you want to go, but it's also giving you where you are. Where are you? Who are you? Who are you from what we know as human species about individuals? And now that you know that, you have more of an idea of where home base is so that now you can reach out. And now now you know whether or not you can walk to McDonald's, whether or not you can get a car to McDonald's, or whether or not you just say, you know what, forget about McDonald's. Let me get people to come over here. It's too far. But you know, if you don't have a proper understanding of who you are and how you are, which is the number one thing that I focus with my kids and understand, getting them to understand what their personality vectors are. So, And then that's your vantage point. You have somewhere to start. You have somewhere to work um, towards. And what you said about who you're becoming is it transfers it's through everything in life, like entrepreneurship. You know, we love it. We are, As an entrepreneur, it's not about the end goal. It's more who I am becoming, attaining yeah. those goals, that journey, that process that you talked about, right? That's we don't good. so much pay attention to. We're like looking for the finish, the final product. Um, yeah. But it's who we become along the way. Same thing with parenting, right? Like I'm yeah. three months in. Heck, I'm not the same person I was three months ago. <laughs> you know, after giving mm -hmm. birth, it's who I'm becoming through this process, through this journey of becoming a parent. And you can attest to as well. The last eight years, you've become someone. Every day you wake up, you're different, and you have to sometimes even put yourself in the back burner and, and you know just focus on how you want to frame these young minds, yeah. as you do yeah. as a coach too. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, 
it's always easier and I'm getting, I like to get into deep psychological concepts and things of that nature. But when you know something, if you know, why do we ask ourselves a question if we already know the answer to it? And that's because we learn from a dialogical standpoint. We learn through conversation and we learn through the viewing of other people, right? That's why the, the, the most, even as a parent, I'll say the most uh, uh, fundamental aspect for my kids is going to be their friends, right? Like we, as parents, we want to say, Hey, we, we, we really raise our kid. Nah, we, like we know the data is in the people who have the biggest and greatest effect on our development are our, our friends. Right? And we, I mean, we know that from our mm-hmm. age. There's that point where it's like, oh yeah, my mom or my dad said this, but my, all of my friends are doing it. And I have, a, all of my friends have this, like, so we see the world through, or we see us in every, all of the relationships that we have. So, um, it's that ability to look, you know, out and within, and I'm sorry, look out and be able to bring that within us and, and give us something to be relatable to. And that's our, that's the closest. Those are your friends at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great because um, Jim Rohn says you are the average of the five people you hang out with. Right? So yeah. be very selective on who's in your circle, who's around you. And yeah. even with that, the kids, we, we got to play an active role in, saying, in helping them select, especially at, yeah. at such a young age. But even yeah. as uh, entrepreneurs, as business um, individuals, we have to be mindful because they're going to feed our senses. They're going to play a role in what we hear, see, smell, taste, touch, and where we go and what activities we partake in, what books we read. You know what I mean? Like they're going to play a very critical, important part in our development and our growth. But Roger, you said something earlier that I want to go back to um, about telling your kids about what is your superpower, the ability to concentrate. You know, it's funny because in school we hear Concentrate, 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 focus, focus, focus. But has anyone really taught you how to do so? Well, um, yeah, I, it was, it was, there's two things. Like, essentially, when you're focusing on something, you're looking at it from a, from a lot of different angles. So this, this, this will tie into how the human brain works. You know, we have the social default network and we have the targeting network. Just on a, on a stance for motivation, anytime anybody looks at a spot for more than 30 seconds at one spot, our systolic blood pressure rises because we're aiding creatures. So when in, in terms of their ability to focus, I let them know that one, everybody gets distracted. That's that social default network, right? Mm-hmm. If that didn't happen, if I was sitting here and remember our bodies are hardwired for outside in nature. Well, what if there was a lion creeping up over here? If I'm totally locked in, I don't see that. So every now and then we do go off topic or we do get off. But the number one thing, the number one skill in terms of focusing is your ability to rebound. And that's life, right? Your mm-hmm. things are going to happen to you from a football standpoint. The best teams play bad well, right? They go through a bad streak and it doesn't continually haunt them. So your uh, focusing is our ability to hone in. And with that said, when I do go and I am going to go, I can be able to come back and that's, that can be built and strengthened to, through motivation. Like we know, we know that when you, when I said motivation, I'm sorry, meditation. Meditation. Yeah. That, okay. We know that when you meditate, you're actually strengthening the lateral prefrontal cortex, which we, the lateral dorsal prefrontal cortex, which we know has to do with focusing on the material. So, um, I'm a meditator. I got my kids meditating at that. Yes. It's so powerful. When did you start with them? Because I, I have a, you know how we have nightly routine. It's the first thing we establish with kids. Now I'm starting to think, okay, what's a morning routine? What, how do you begin a morning routine? How do you get an eight year old to get up and start meditating and take, take some deep breaths before getting out of bed, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, for us, it's not, it's not too consistent with them. Like I, I do it uh nighttime before bed. Like after we read, if we get a good night where everything goes as planned. But it's, it's, you know, there's meditation, there's contemplation, and then there's the two that, that work in between. So, uh, like my, my daughter really has taken up to it. She'll, she'll go off. She was at, uh, grandma's house this weekend and she went outside and we've got a little 10 minute meditation. And so it's, it's not, it's just like we were saying, it's not about the product. It's about building those processes. And then the biggest thing for parents is it's the whole concept of do as I, do as I say, not as I do. We, we've got to kind of kick that to the curb at times. And you, 
you've got to be the change you want to see in your children. So if you want them to read more, pick up a book and read like we do that. Hey, it's reading yeah. time. I pick up my book, they pick up theirs, and they get we get 30 minutes of reading together because, I mean, as adults, we know we no one parties at the house by themselves. I, we go out with other people to be social. So now it's the same thing. If there's an activity that you want to invest in your kids, you want to see a positive change in them, then, you know, take part into it. You know, at times, you want them to eat healthier, you eat healthier, too. We go on little family walks and things of that nature. So being being active with them and modeling and scaffolding the behavior that we want to see um, as a family together is, I think, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, learning um, to model and, and be that example. Yeah, I, I agree because they're watching. They're learning. I mean, now my three months is looking at me and watching my every move. And so mm-hmm. got to be able to set that example and, and set it early. Do you foresee entrepreneurship for your kids? And how do you even begin to install that idea? Like you don't have to, you know, we kind of mm-hmm. just, you know, the nine to five per se, but like do the dream to uh, encourage what comes natural and then and, and do the 10,000 hours and build that. Yeah. Um, well, it's hard, you know, uh, just me being a personality uh, guy, you, what, the biggest thing that we know about entrepreneurs is that they are creative, you know, because um, mm-hmm. you can't just come out with a product that was already out because, well, you know, why? So right. um, the, the hardest thing about creativity is that people like consistency, right? If my house had a creative mind and it, it could blink and move every day on my way home from work, it would be very hard to build and, and mold. So. The, the thing that I give with them for them is honing that creativity in that art. There's a section in my, my second book that has to do with uh, artistic creation. You know, mm-hmm. so like I say, our brain is actually distributed throughout our body. We have that concept that it's only in our head, you know, but, but we know that blind athletes after they win a race, they put their hands up. Mm-hmm. But they've never seen anybody do that before. So there are certain things about our body that we've kind of diminished the true worth and value and what they, what it does for us. So, um, I say practice that creativity. You know, I, 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 my daughter is more of the creative and my, my son is more of the, uh, in line and conscientious and orderly. So, you know, with my daughter, we get on YouTube and we put, you know, little draw this item or draw that item. Um, just like I said, the, the meditation dancing we had a little mm-hmm. dance party one of these nights before but taking them through that creative act in different forms because creativity there is i think everything we do is creative like right. even this conversation right here this is creative so mm-hmm. um just building and honing that through different skills and then having conversations with them about you know it doesn't really matter what you do you're my daughter you're my son i, I, I love you to death and and my job here is to help guide you and show you the path, but you've got to do your walking. It doesn't matter what I've done. It doesn't matter how tall I've done. I am. They have got to do their own growing. I am only a guide. Yeah, I'm excited for this next generation, though. I mean, you you coach kids now, and you know what? What am I? I'm, I'm a uh, millennial, and so <laughs> there's Gen Z. There's all these other generationals coming out mm-hmm. after me, and I'm excited for them because they are stepping into that notion of, you know, that creativity is fluid. It's yeah. evergreen and it can always, it can change, but it's good. It's constant as well as it, it puts them in a very good place to be entrepreneurs, you know, to yeah. build those businesses to, cause we know the power of like uh, owning your own business is just like that freedom, that autonomy that it gives, but also it actually just lets you live a purposeful life. And I think yeah. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like if everybody was a creative, then we would have no organization. You know, they say they say our creatives build the business, but our conservatives run the business. Mm-hmm. Right? Because so it's I think it's like with everything in life. If you say a hundred percent of the things out there can be a poison, I can drink so much water that I could actually die. You know, so mm-hmm. no matter what we do, we've got to truly understand that we're in this together, and it's about everybody playing and in every single one of their niches playing the role that is meant for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a, like, my wife is, is a, a freelance makeup artist and she's going back to school so that she can start doing Botox, she's doing this and that. 
Jeez, Dada, I love waking up every day at 5 a.m. I know I start school at 7.15. I know I'm out at 2.20. I know I'm off in the sun. I'm more of that in-the-box schedule guy. So a lot of it has to do with just about one. And that's why my, the first book in my motivational series was find out who you are. Because as great as entrepreneurship is, if, you're a, if you have a super conservative spirit, it, it's not for you. You know, as good as being a teacher is, if I have a super creative mind, I'm going to be in the classroom bouncing off the walls. So <laughs> the first thing before we even start talking about a goal and an aim is I have to understand where I am, what, who, and how am I, and why am I like that? Am I like that because I associate something that I've been watching on TV? Am I on that? Like, that's what my heart is really saying and speaking to me. So I think everything comes back down to self-discovery. And then once you come up with that discovery, now you can go out and you can say, okay, this is the relationship that I would like to have with society. Because honestly, that's all a job is. Every, like, how much of you is you? You know, you, you didn't create, imagine life without language, but you didn't create language. Imagine life without who built, I don't even know the people who built this house. How <laughs> many things do we come across that has been handed down to us from other people? And it's damn near everything. So it's, you know, being grateful for that and saying, I'm going to put my mark in too. Mm -hmm. now, however it is you want to put your mark in. I'm with that. Just understand it. It has to be catered and tailored to you, not because what someone else is saying, but because that's what truly is speaking out of your heart. And that's, I think that coincides with, you know, finding your purpose. And, and finding out who you are and understanding yeah. who you are. And in the second book um, of your series, you talk about directional. Um, so yeah. how is that? You, you, you know who you are and then the what? You know, life is courage, love and discipline. And I say courage because no one knows what's going to happen in the future. Courage is the ability to move forward, knowing both the good and the bad, right? And I broke that down into like, you're you, you're whoever you are right now. So you know what, and I don't want to get too abstract on this one. It's, well, what are you doing? This is your body. What are you doing uh, food-wise? How are you eating? What are your eating habits, right? Uh, two, what are you exercising like? A lot of people think that exercise is about having good abs and all that stuff. Exercise increases the brain-derived neurotrophic factor. What does that do? That goes and it comes from your muscles and it comes from your liver and it goes into your hippocampus so that you can have better memory. Because if you had no memory, would you even be who you are? Like everything that you do has to do with your memory and then I'm modeling the world and then I'm moving out off of that model and I'm constantly updating that. So, you know, there. And then uh, three, sleep. How much, oh, I'll sleep when I die. We know that the graveyard, what do we call people when they, when they work at night? Graveyard shift. What are your sleeping habits like? If you work up, if you wake up to an alarm clock, well, then have an alarm clock for your bedtime, you know, and, and really track those three things. And that would be impractical about building our courage. And courage is the willingness to look at the good and bad. One, this is the body that I always have. And two, I know where it's going. It's going in the dirt, you know. So am I taking care of it? How much water am I drinking? How am I taking care of my temple? Uh, two, love. You know, love is the dedication that you have. It's a self-sacrifice, right? Like we all look at mothers, right? Lo mothers give us agopic love. Uh, agopic love is how you love a thing before it's a, even a thing. So it can give you anything back in return. Yeah. can it, give you anything back in return. <laughs> it's just spit out and start crying. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and that I'm giving you that sacrificial love. Well, what kind of love do you give to yourself? I, it's not about, I may not want to eat the salad right now, but I'm doing it because I know 10 years down the line, all of those little changes with how I eat will help me in terms of my health. In terms of how you eat, I like to tell people it's not so much about what, you're, uh, what you will eat as opposed to what you know you need to cut out. You know, like I had a Skittles problem. I would, I would eat a bag of Skittles every day. You know, and then I learned about, they, they said, um, cancer, sugar is, uh, sugar is candy for cancer. Like we know that these studies are coming out. So I'm like, you know what? Let me get off the sugar and let me start doing what it is I know I need to do. And, and I eat a certain way to remedy that. What way should you eat? 
We are a diverse species. If you look at all of the foods that we eat, there are people who eat A, and there are people who eat Z, and there are healthy people all along that spectrum. So that's where I say, whatever it is, don't do a diet. So the diet is something that's really short. I'm saying make lifestyle. a decision, a lifestyle change. You're going to cheat. Are you going to veer off a little bit? A hundred percent. Just like we were talking about with focus. Off? Yes. It's about rebounding and coming right back. So, you know, on a day that I have a cookie for lunch, or I have this for lunch. I go in and I, I make sure that I make myself accountable and I, I get it through the workout and then discipline and discipline is using the lessons and blessings from the past to help me move forward into the future. Like do the things you know you're supposed to do and don't do the things you know you're not supposed to do. And that's it. So I break those down into, uh, you know, just actionable steps where, you know, are you on courage, love and discipline? And then know if you're doing that, if you're being intentional about those things, you know, lay your head out of bed at night and, and you will see the difference. I, I just, you'll see a difference. Right out. The only thing that follows work or results. So it's how intentional are you being about how you're taking care of you? Because, you know, just as a father, I can't take care of my kids if I'm sick. Mm-hmm. I can't take care of my wife if I'm not where I need to be. So yeah. what is it that you are doing that you know you need to do that you're not doing because you lie to yourself? And I mean, we all do it. So Yeah, we, we do. And to be honest with you, uh, Roger, I look forward to that cookie and I, and I, and I say, I treat myself. <laughs> I eat it with joy because I know yeah. Monday through Friday, I'm going to get back on that workout seven in the morning and take exactly. care of myself. It's the process. Exactly. It's the journey, right? Yeah. That's all we forget. Mm-hmm. We forget the ebbs and flow of life. Like yeah. your shirt says, yeah. be life, be that, yeah. be that yeah. ebb and flow, right? <laughs> That's right. I, I tell people, um, belief, you know, we'll say, uh, oh, I believe this. I believe that. No, belief is be life. You know, mm. what is it that you are doing? You know, because I don't trust what you say because I know you lie to you. And I, I've been saying lie, but it's not lie. What it is is when, when people are lying, they're using, they're using the, your truth against you. What we do. And that's why I put courage, love, and discipline as a triangle of the Trinity. It's always moving. We can't focus on more than one thing. Our brain cannot do it. We right. only look at one thing. So when I say we're bullshitting ourselves, like we know how we're supposed to eat, but what we do is we look over here and we forget that. So it's not about what you say, because I'll say this and then I'll go over here and forget that. And I'll still say that, you know, hold yourself accountable. How are you holding yourself accountable? What is, and I, I tell, uh, tell my students, I tell everybody I talk to, do you know the Pledge of Allegiance for the United States of America? No, I pledge allegiance to the flat. Well, what is pledge is a vow and allegiance is a line. Well, if you know the Pledge of Allegiance to America, what's your Pledge of Allegiance for you? Mm. If there's a Pledge of Allegiance for America and you know that, then why don't you have a pledge for yourself? And then, now this is the thing. If you hear something and you believe it, you don't say it, you be life it, you do it. So nah. now make your pledge. What's your pledge? What's your pledge? Because what, uh, what does America in the school system say? Every day that you come in there, you come in every morning and you say your pledge to the flag. Well, every morning you should be brushing your teeth, right? But that's another <laughs> conversation. Every morning while you're brushing your teeth, say your pledge to you. Why wouldn't you? I think America is one of the greatest countries up here. I think of the American system, you know, everything has its fault. It's the best out of all of the worst. So, you know, however you want to term it, but we're here. So mm-hmm. if they're up there, get yourself up there. And it starts off with your personal pledge. In doing that, you'll see and manifest uh, a greater version of you. And yeah. What, well put. what higher aim is that? That was just book two out of the series. <laughs> now, the third one you focus in on um, explanation of those values. Yeah. Um, what's yeah. the breakdown for that? Um, I'm, I'm just getting more, you know, kind of philosophical from it. So like we, I say nothing, everything is duality. You know, the most important thing that has ever happened to you in your life is that you were born. But then we also know just right there in that is that someone was there to catch you. So we are both the psychological and sociological aspect behind it, like the five agents of sociology or the five agents of socialization are your faith, your family, your friends, mass media and education. What role do those have to play in there with you? So 
going into going deeper into the five personality traits, which are conscientiousness, agreeableness, eroticism, extroversion, and openness, and not talking to them. Because in book one, I talked about those. And now I'm talking about the sub factors in each of those. Like conscientiousness is made up of industriousness and uh, orderliness. Agreeableness is making up made up of compassion and empathy. So giving people again more of an understanding of exactly what it is. And um, I get into meditation, what it means, meditation and contemplation. What's the difference? What breath work can do? What a cold shower in the morning does for you in terms of. And, and again. I, I'm just putting the facts out there, but we know through Occam's Razor, you cannot derive an ought from an is. I'm just giving you the facts. They're all right here. Yeah. Now, what you want to do with them is up to you. But the journey always starts with learning because every single thing that you do is learned. And in that, that's what creates our tendency to be self-deceptive because in order for me to learn, I've got to be able to ignore. And because yeah. I can ignore in order to be, you know, pay attention, I ignore some of the things I need to, so now I can go off into a trail. So the most important thing about us is that we're always learning, but the, I think that just with that, because we're always learning, we have to always challenge what we learn, unlearn, and relearn, and then repeat. Uh, so going into some of the theological concepts, uh, some of the problems I think I see today where I say if logos is the, the integration of concepts and, and, or speaking honest truth, then I think our, our era today is so gold, which is how much of a lie can I have in a statement before the statement becomes a lie? You know, kind of that, you know, and, and, and I, I think we're, we're living in the age where I think business used to want to provide you with a service where now I think it's, we just want to turn a profit. And then my last one is, is really a Super Bowl commercial for 30 seconds. A Super Bowl commercial costs $5 million. What does that tell you? That tells you that what you put in your ears and what you put in through your eyes makes the difference. Like we all know that McDonald's and Burger King and Pizza Hut are all the top restaurants in the world, but they advertise to you continually. So if they're doing it and you already know them, what are you purposefully advertising to yourself to put you in the direction that you want to go? Not where I want you to go, not where your mom wants you to go, not where you're at. What are you advertising to yourself? Because I can tell you the hook or I can tell you the message behind every top 10 song. You know, shake, 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 drugs, drugs, drugs. I'm the man, I'm the man. And it's like, all right, well, yo, what are you putting in your ears on a daily basis? And you can say it doesn't make a difference. McDonald's <laughs> just told me it made a difference during the Super Bowl when they paid $5 million. These people spend billions of dollars of advertising. What are you advertising to yourself? And, you know, a lot of different other concepts just kind of you know, I like to ask questions throughout. I, I try and get the reader with me so that we got to start thinking. I think we're not thinking as much in, anymore as a society. I think we're scrolling more than we're thinking. And everything we do, we're training our brains. So we just got to get more. We got to be more intentional about growing the person, you know, from within. Because you can't become more by having more, but you can have more by becoming more. And that's my, you know, that if, if, if I do, I mean, that's what I do for a living, right? I try and try and grow, grow and, and motivate these kids to become more of a person, not through their grades, but through the actions that they will take. And those actions will spawn the grades. And then, you know, hopefully that's it. And, and hopefully I'm, I'm done on the writing front, but, you know, we'll see. I think you have a lot more in you. <laughs> I think you got a lot more brewing up in there, Roger. And I want to touch on the, you know, you, you become more um, when you are more because, I think the morning routine speaks to that quite a bit. You know, how to think. It shows you how to think with the thoughts of the meditation. And you mentioned the cold shower, um, which is part of um, what, what, you know, I partake in for the morning routine. So let's talk about yours in specific. How do you get up, dress up, and show up? What's your morning yeah. routine like? My thing is, of course, I, I go back and, I, and my little deal is motive and motivation. Like, how does this thing work? So how does motivation work? And, and um, I say everybody who has watched a sporting event has seen momentum. Right. Everybody has seen momentum. So, uh, one, we know the motivated state takes place when four parts of your brain activate the basal ganglia, the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex, and the occipital lobe. Your occipital lobe is the thing that you see. Like if, if I scratch my nails on a scratch on a chalkboard right now, 
you would feel it, but you're not even there. Like we're not even doing it. You can feel that. So you're one, whatever you practice in the morning has got to make you, you know, jump a little bit. It can't be too easy. Two, it's got to make you scared. Uh, three, it can't just be, oh, I'm going to get up and do whatever. It has to be something that challenges you. So for me, I, I get up, I do a 30 minute workout. Doesn't, you know, matter what it, what, it doesn't matter if it's abs. It doesn't matter if it's a walk. Like I get, as soon as I get up, I'm moving because mm-hmm. we know the best thing to do to get the cortisol and everything moving through your body is work out right when you get up, three hours before you, or after you get up, or 11 hours. Those are the best times to do it. So I'm one of those, just get up and go. Two, that's why I read a paragraph out of a book. Like I have a, a thick book that I, I didn't need. I was like, oh gosh. And I was like, you know what? Read a paragraph. And then three, I'll get a 15 to 20 minute meditation. I'll rotate between uh, certain aspects, whether or not I want to really delve into me and really be quiet and focus in on my breath, whether I want to do contemplation and move, you know, really move out, try and move my brain all the way to the, the edges of the earth or the universe, or three, move in between both of those actions, end that off with a cold shower for at least two minutes. And the on days that I have a really great meditation in, it it gets you up and you're rolling and my my mind is quicker. I'm moving. My lectures are, are on it. And for, for anybody, because I was a, I was like, meditate, sitting down and doing what? what? Mm-hmm. But it pays dividends. And then last thing is observe yourself. You know, start a practice in the morning. My thing, big thing is if you're, if, you, if, you're, if you're feeling sluggish, if you're feeling any type of way, start a habit. And the best way to start a habit is to start it first thing in the morning and make it so small that you can't not do it. Right? Mm-hmm. I didn't start off in 30 minute, an hour workouts. I started off with a five minute ab session and then you build it and build it and build it. I wasn't reading. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't doing all those things. This is where I have gotten to after three years of doing it. And I swear on it, you know, and, and just in observing me, you know, being observant, like, right. The scientific method is when we went into observation to find truth. Well, how much are you observing you? How much do you observe your day? How did I feel throughout the day? How did you, you know, recollect? Try and, try and remember because everything you did in your day, you were there. Try and visualize your day, but in reverse and see how much you forget, see how much you can't put yourself there. So, but anyway, long story short, that's my, that's my morning routine. Work out, read, meditate, cold shower. And then now I've started my momentum, right? Just like the sports day. Those are my yeah. things. I got them done. Oh, I'm hitting my shots. And when I will the momentum keep going, I don't know. We don't mm-hmm. know. You don't know. No one can tell you. But I know this before I touched my phone, before I did anything, I got myself into the, the motivated and, and I have a little bit of motivation. I'm, not, I'm sorry, motivation and momentum as I'm walking out of the door to face to face whatever chaos is outside. Yeah, before you let anyone in or anything in, you took care of yourself. You you prime yourself. You anchored yourself um, so that you're better prepared for whatever can come your way. Because I feel like that after a good workout in the morning. So I do these hit workouts in a freaking hot, hot room. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It does challenge me every time of the day. And I I, I don't think I've ever heard that. Like, do something that challenge you Mm -hmm. in the morning. And, you know, willpower is at the strongest, too, because you... Try to avoid decision fatigue, you know, make sure something if you can plan the night before, make every put everything out so that you can just step into your routine. That's even mm-hmm. better. You don't have to think about what you're wearing. You don't even think about what you are going to do. You kind of have an outline or know what to step into. But the, the ordeal of doing something that challenges you really does um, play out throughout the day because then you feel more confident stepping into whatever. Exactly. The day brings. Yeah. Man, meditation, 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 meditation. Yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful. That's how you learn how to concentrate. We talked about that earlier. We know from meditation from uh, one, they did, I like looking at little psychological studies. So what they did is they, uh, they, they, they put uh, meditators that had been meditating for over like 20,000 hours. So they had already meditated over 20,000 hours and they put them in MRI machines and their brains were in gamma all the time. Now, gamma, the gamma brain, brain, brain wave is like when you bite into the apple and you get that synchronous taste, sound, sight, everything, we hit gamma for like 0.5 seconds. 
these guys were they they took the MRI machine apart because they thought it was broke <laughs> and put it back together. That's how high their gamma was. Another study was um they took people and they had they they did an MRI scan and then after ten hours of meditation, not continuous, so it was like after two weeks and they did an hour a day or thirty hour thirty minutes a day. They had more gray and white matter in the part of their brain where it was the the lateral the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, which is the part that helps us on focusing in. So it's it's and I say try it. And a lot of people say I can't meditate because I I go off. That's what's supposed to happen. What yeah. you're building is a muscle. If you haven't ever worked out in your life, and I put you in the weight room, you think you're gonna put you know 500 pounds on your back? No, you are not. You're going to start off and it's not going to be going to be tough. But mm-hmm. as you continually do it, you will grow, build and and, uh, and put yourself in position to, to win. That's, yeah. that's what it involves. In your morning routine, you're doing that with two kids in the house. Um, so mm-hmm. you are waking up 5 a.m. before they do. Yeah. So you're taking care of yourself, giving you some time so that you can better show up for them. When they do wake up, you're prepped, you're primed, you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. I'm already Ready. Like I see them dragging out and I am, I'm up, you know, so, and we know that even in a relationship and in an intimate relationship, it doesn't really how much you love a person. If you're not, it's not what you are, it's with what you're coming. So if mm-hmm. I love you, I love you, I love you, but my energy is low. I would rather have somebody at energy 10 with a love at five or even two, right? Because if they're bringing that energy to me, then that's really what we judge things off of. So I'm wired, I'm up, you know, I've, I've already been up by the time we wake them up at 6.30. I've already been up for an hour and a half, and I'm feeling good. I've, I've just gotten out of my cold shower. I'm in my shirt and tie, and I'm, I'm ready to go get my coffee, ask them what their superpower is, hurry them up, tell them I'm going to see them after school, and roll from there. But putting that energy into them, and we all know it, like the energy, it's not what you're doing. It's the energy that you bring with what you're doing that makes all the difference. This is why I love what I do. I, I love having this show. I love the podcast. I love the people that I get to connect with. And I have to say, I love having this conversation. I, I, when I first started this um, three, two, three years ago, I thought the morning routine is so intimate. I literally just went into your bedroom, your bathroom, and saw what you do. And your first, your quiet Zen moment. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the best way to get to know somebody. Because if you know what they're doing in the morning, you can kind of know the direction their day goes. And then their week goes, their months go, their year goes, and their life. Yeah. It's, well, one, like we were talking about earlier, like how much of us is like me? How much of me is me? Right. It's all about our communication. Right. How much can we communicate and transfer knowledge to each other? Because we're not the toughest animal that was on here. But what we had is we're not even the smartest. Chimpanzees have a better working memory than we do. We have that community concept where we can have a conversation and now we can visualize and abstract out and say, oh, man. Oh, and we can see those things just through communication, just through open and honest logos. Right. The open and honest attention to detail and me creating that and speaking it into existence from just a, a space of love. I, and I think that's just, it's what we need more in the world. So I, I appreciate you for, for doing it, for taking the risk, you know, being the entrepreneur and, and seeing a vision, right? Yeah. Having the courage to do it, right? And doing it because it doesn't matter if it's up here, if it ain't here. And so I thank you. You know, I thank you for, for, for holding the platform to, for doing the work. And, and I'm excited that you're enjoying it from, like you're saying, you could see so many other people and there are no, like I can say something, but someone else says it a little differently or someone like everybody has their own interpretation and perception. And when we transfer those different ones, it's, it's a blessing. It's, it's sweet. It's nice. It's, it's why we're having the conversation now. And hopefully somebody listens to it and one, at least one person that's like, you know, a light bulb clicks or, or, yeah. or you get a warm, tingly feeling and they and they get excited to move and, and jump up and, and go get a more actualized yeah. life. Before I let you go, I'm going to give you an opportunity to let us know how we can connect with you. But you said something and I know you're the expert because your first book is around these different um, personalities. And as an introvert myself, I get so charged up by these conversations because they're super stimulating and I don't, it doesn't tire me out. I could be tired before coming on here, but I getting a, a phenomenal guest, I like, 
I'm wrapped up. I'm ready to go. Like I live and thrive on this stuff. What advice? Cause I've been learning over the years. I tend to just kind of leave it all up here. I process all up here my, my, by myself. But after getting married and having kids, I was like, I got to learn to express myself and speak. And, and I realized a lot of beautiful thing comes out from hearing from other people and the points and thoughts that you did not think of yourself that you can actually apply. And it is this beautiful marriage that you talk about, mm-hmm. like being able to communicate and express it. And it's a give and take. What advice do you give these um, personalities that feel like they need to be somebody else or something else to thrive in a space, especially there this day and age? Well, I'm, and I tell my students all the time, I'm an introvert. I like growing up, like my parents tell me to shut up now. And I'm like, all my life, you told me to, I needed to talk more. I needed to talk more. And I, I honestly felt like there was something wrong. Like I, I don't enjoy it. If I'm out, I am fine chilling i am yeah. good you will never change that about yourself what you will always do is you will always be able to grow the other side you can always grow that side of you it's, it's kind of like um i forgot what the therapy is called but when you're when when someone has when someone is scared of something you don't hide them away from it what you do exposure. is you slowly make the, the, the exposure therapy and, they, and once you voluntarily slowly expose yourself to something that's why the first step is courage, knowing both the good and the bad, right? It's, it's our, I was telling my students today, it's our, your level, uh, show me how much truth you can handle because everybody thinks the truth is pretty, but no, it's not. There are some, there are some very vile and horrible <laughs> things that, that are truthful and show me your level of maturity and I'll show you the level of truth that you can, you know, that you can have. And as your level of maturity raises, um, and I'm using maturity, but maybe the better, the better, the better word would be consciousness out of our consciousness as your understanding of the relationship of the things that are within your surrounding, you know, so everybody has a different consciousness level, but as you start seeing more truth, you start seeing more in how, yeah, you can do it. Like even as me as an introvert. No one's the introvert that has never talked to anybody because we know that a human baby without human touch will die. We know mm-hmm. that. So there is something given warmth, given milk, given everything it needs other than human touch, you will literally, you will die. We, uh, we found out out in the Soviet Union when, when they were trying to raise a whole bunch of babies for war, all of them died. <laughs> there, were, there was also a point in time where, of course, you know, male bravado, oh, Holding babies is wrong and da da da. Or a kid would go into the hospital and wouldn't see any parents, wouldn't get touched on, and then end up dying. You know? So you can build it. You can build that side of you. But um, whether or not you are, you have to, you know, do it with, so I say, do it with a group of friends, do it with people who you are close to, and, and then be open and honest about one, where you are, and then two, what are you trying to go and what are you trying to manifest? So, um, I'll say, I'll say this. I, you know, you can see I'm long-winded. I think we have a bad concept of masculine and feminine in our society right now. I mm-hmm. think that masculine is male and feminine is female, where masculine is an outward projection of something, where feminine is an internal projection of something. What's more important? What I think or what I say? Oh, right? It doesn't matter if I do not, if I don't think before I speak, then I'm just babbling nonsense. And if all I do is think and not speak, then I'm not sharing it with everybody. And what we are always trying to do is find the yin and the yang. We're always trying to find that middle road where we're balancing on both. So, um, you know, just like you were saying, you're more, you were more of an introvert. Maybe you had a whole bunch of things out here and now you're going through an explosion of that masculine, of that, you know, that masculine energy, that outward projection, that, that sharing and creating. Um, but it doesn't mean that, just like you were saying, you have a conversation and all of a sudden a whole bunch of ideas cascade out. But it's the same thing. I don't, there are certain things, there are certain aspects that I know, but might not. I have to ask myself in order to get the answer. Oh, dang, I should have got gas. Am I going to get gas today or whatever? So even in that dialogical concept with myself, it's the same thing with other people. And now that I might have asked a question that you didn't ask, but now it sparks the cascade and now we get that insight. So um, just build, grow, 
understand that there's, and I go into brain hemisphere stuff. Uh, right brain is for novelty, some things like ill-defined problems, and your left brain is for well-defined problems. So I guess the example I've been using is, you know, two plus two, what is it equal four? We know that. That is a logical, there's step-by-step, we know what's going. Ill-defined problems. Uh, the example I used today in class, if a lion right now, if a lion drops out of the ceiling right down, are you going to sit there? Do you care what color its eyes are? No, you just know you just got enough of it so that you know what to do. So again, it's that yin yang between that right and left hemisphere. And if you're like, oh, oh, maybe you're too much left hemisphere and you're trying to fit it too much into one thing, realize and understand that you can always grow in the way, in the direction that you want to grow, but you got to be courageous because you are going to fail, right? You, you are going to fall down at some point. And maybe it might take you 10 times to fall to realize that that direction that you wanted to go wasn't for you, but it's not a failure because now you know it's not for you and you can move on to the next path, right? So that's why I say we never fail. We're so used to this finished product concept, right? All right, so what? This is what it is. It's going to be hard. All right, look, hey, you're going to learn how to walk right now. You're going to fall. Are you not going to walk? Right. No, you are. Right, like it, it's the gift that we all take. So you're either taking things for granted or you're being grateful. Period. Mm-hmm. Are you grateful for the opportunity that you have in the sun with us right now? Because it's limited. It's gonna leave you. Mm-hmm. If you have something that's eating at you, okay. www dot and find out how to do it and go through it and take your baby steps and learn. Get the bumps and bruises. But it's through our greatest achievements that we get our greatest accomplishments. Yeah. Get your bumps and bruises because that's how you get your greatest accomplishment. Man, mic drop. Roger, please tell me, where can we connect with you? Where can we find you? Your books, all of it. Yeah. Um, Amazon, for my books, uh, the book everyone can read. And then the second one is Courage, Love, and Discipline, Build Your Pyramid. And then my Instagram, which Instagram-wise, I'm always... I'm posting like philosophical kind of stuff with motivational kind of stuff. It's uh, at the number one, Roger Pollard. And then my website, motivesinmotivation.com, where you can, like I have little shirts where, you know, kind of like be life or, or courage or discipline or, or, or love, whatever, just something to get people where they're, that they're aware of the concepts that they kind of believe in because the human brain is made to forget. So, these shirts are kind of a way to, to kind of throughout our day um, remind us of what specific virtue that we want to kind of align with. And um, and then, that's, you know, that's it. That's me. Mm-hmm. Tell me a, a quote that you want to leave us with. I, I know there's this. You're, you're one profound man. I want to end with this. I'm grateful um, to have had this sit down with you. But tell us a quote um, to to leave us with. Well, a quote, a quote. Okay. Um, every day, show people who you are. You know, let no, every day, let people know who you are. And then every now and then, use words. Now and then, your words? Use words. Oh, every, every now day, and- let people know who you are. Right. And every now and then, use words to say, let people judge you by your act. Right. Let people, if they have it, don't sit here talking about what you're going to do. And I, no, 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 no. Don't tell me your goals. Show me how you work and I'll tell you what your goals are. Right. Done. And, and that's it. All of this blah, 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 talk, talk, talk. I'm done. No. Uh-uh. I don't want to hear it. You know, if you were in a relationship with somebody and they told you they loved you every day and they were kissing somebody else, what are you going to judge? Their words or their actions? Somebody who hasn't told you that they love you, but they're there. They're sacrificing for you. Every time you need them, they're there. They're doing everything for you. We judge action. Every day, show people who you are. Let people know who you are every day. Every now and then, you might have to use work. Hmm. And that's it. That's it right there. Roger, wow. Thank you so much for dropping the gems. And I love that quote, honestly. I do. Every now and then, use words. But every day, go out and show people who you are. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for your presence today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course.
Well, all right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger. Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.